0: Chapter 2 Sarah Rivers, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. With her muscles tensely bunched and spring loaded, Sarah swept into the kitchen holding her shotgun steady despite the sweat slicking her hands. Her denim blue eyes, sharp and quick, flicked all around the room. The fact that it was clear of zombies did not cause her to relax much at all. Instead, her breathing picked up in tempo. The cupboard doors were unexpectedly and amazingly closed. A closed door meant that perhaps, just perhaps, no other forager had been here before her. The room was still, with a frozen quality, as if the oxygen and the air hung in sheets. The floor was layered in eight months' worth of fine gray dust. It was perfectly even, and Sarah ran tracks right through it, hurrying to the first cabinet, her long blonde hair swinging gently behind. The cabinet held glasses, mugs, champagne flutes, brandy snifters, tall plastic gas station giveaways. She went to the next cupboard, finding plates, bowls, and saucers. Shit, she crabbed, going to the next in line. From the front stairs, Nico called out in his accented voice, "'You is find something?' "'Before she answered, she swung back the cupboard door "'that was closest to the refrigerator. "'Before the apocalypse, this would have been the territory "'of spices and cooking oil, and odds and ends "'such as dry white wine and molasses. "'In every other house they had been through in the last few days, "'this cupboard was generally strewn with a confusion of toothpicks, "'muffin sleeves, and grey, green, and white particles.' the remnants of what used to be. This particular cupboard was wonderfully different. The spices were faultlessly arranged like soldiers on parade and ordered alphabetically, allspice leading the front left column, tarragon heading up the last on the right. "'Nope, there's nothing here,' Sarah lied as her eyes ran up the fully stocked shelves. At the sight of the cornmeal, the tin of flour— and the bag of sugar, her stomach rumbled. Then she saw something that really got her going. Oh, my God, she said in a whisper, touching the feet of a five-inch tall bear filled with golden honey. It was a struggle not to pop its top right there and pour it down her throat. From the second floor, Nico cursed their luck, causing Sarah to blink. The honey had mesmerized her. Let's try the next house, she called out. In a hurry, she left the kitchen, making sure to shut the door to her prize behind her and trying her best to appear disappointed. The Russian came slowly down the stairs. Maybe we should try garage. The door is not open. This is usual good sign. Shaking her head, Sarah began walking to the front door. No, let's not waste our time. We'll go on to the next one. Niko viewed her as almost his mother-in-law, and was usually quick to knuckle under when she made demands. Not this time. I suppose nothing in kitchen mean rest of house empty? Russians were generally ham-handed in their approach to sarcasm. They always overdid it. Niko even added a tremendous eye-roll to his windy sigh. Yep, let's go, Sarah replied. She was out the door before he could work up a second sigh, as usual when he didn't get his way. Once outside, she glanced at the house and began repeating its number under her breath. One forty-two, Claremont. One forty-two, Claremont. Nico came out, keeping his chiseled features neutral. So next place, da? he asked, making sure to walk in a wide circle around her. As a matter of habit, in spite of its rudeness she stepped away from him as though he had something catchy. Nico was her daughter's boyfriend and a fine man in Sarah's eyes, but she could not bear to be near him, or any man for that matter. Not after her experience aboard the Nordic Star. Even in the car she would practically lean on her door, and she always kept her beretta close. Even then she could feel it warm against her hip, as if it were alive, "'the opposite of a heart. "'That organ was ice-cold "'and frequently felt odd, "'as though it were foreign to her, "'like it didn't belong.'